Welcome to the Village Fitness Podcast, where we talk about health, fitness, and living a big life in a small town. All right, we're recording. Welcome, Nate. Thanks for being here. Uh, welcome back to the Village Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Mitch, and with me here is former Athlete of the Year, current weightlifting phenom, and trapped inside his house with three women, uh, Nate Mulby. How's it going? <laughs> really good. That's it's a really accurate description, other than the weightlifting phenom, more like a fake lifting phenom. But That's right. hey, we're know. all fake lifters until we're CJ Cummings or we're on the world stage. Like everyone's a fake lifter until they win, right? Um, yeah, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, <laughs> just how it is. So we're sitting down, we're recording. This is a back after a hiatus, and basically the whole world has been on hiatus. And we just kind of wanted to sit down, put our heads together, and have a conversation about uh, coming back is kind of like the aesthetic theme for this podcast, where we are talking about coming back and all the words and emotions that that will elicit, whether you're thinking about coming back to fitness, getting back to quote unquote normal, um, and how to move forward from the kind of new reality that has been forced upon all of us. So it's kind of a recovery and pivoting and forward momentum podcast. Uh, that's the idea. That's our mission. What we're trying to do. So we got our cold brew. We're going to try and tackle it. So Nate, how are you thinking? You're in education. How are you thinking about uh, moving forward with kind of the new changes, new rules? What are some of the things that stick out most to you as the problems that you're trying to solve when you're bringing people back from an extended period of homeschooling, uh, educating people on how to do things uh, that they kind of not outsourced to you, but they were more in your purview. How do you collaborate with people remotely? Um, and how are you thinking through that problem set? So what was, what's cool about education is, you know, it's it's been my career. It's been my family's, for the most part, my family's career. That's what I grew up with around the kitchen table talking about um, in all different aspects, whether it be classroom, whether it be leadership and administration. Um, you know, my, my parents modeled that and something that most of my family is involved with, including my wife. And, um, you know, what's interesting about education um, and, and just how how parallel it is to what we do here at the gym um, and just fitness and my fitness journey in the last six years. It's been six years since I joined this gym, five years with you um, as you know, the leader of it and my coach. Uh, but, you know, I'm not a coach. I'm not a um, I'm not certified in anything like that. And I, I just, I just attend, I just, I just attend and enjoy. And what I have really, really um, come to just it's solidified in my mind is that it, my career in education and the pedagogy of the classroom and the leadership in education is really parallel to what goes on here at the gym. So what I've worked with in the last what three months now, it's been almost exactly, it's mm -hmm. been in three months. Mm -hmm. March 13th was the last day that I had students in my building um, as an educated, as a, you know, educator, uh, leader in education at a school at a junior high of about 600 kids, about 50 staff members, um, teachers, about 90 staff members total. Um, probably very similar in what I'm looking at with my students coming back potentially in the fall, um, which we're not even sure about what that's going to look like. Probably very similar to what you were looking at with your clients and your um, your people that work out here at the gym at, at Strongbox, and, and the problems that you're going to face and that we're kind of tackling right now, um, you're going to be similar. Um, what I look at first is 
first of all, I listen. I listen to my bosses. I listen to people that are the pros. <laughs> so, yeah, don't don't uh, don't downplay the value of that. It's like, oh, we'll just first of all listen. It's like, no, no, that's steps one through five, right? Is to listen to what's going on uh, and where people are at, and kind of like collaborate as you're getting feedback from both your you know, the leadership up top and the uh, the people who are on the ground and that you're trying to serve. You know, my boss told me when I started. I'm two years deep into my position now, and when he told me, "This is the edited version," um, is that <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're gonna shut up, you're gonna listen, you're gonna shut up some more, and you're gonna listen some more. And you know, at first, you know, you kind of laugh about that and be like, "Wow, geez, are you serious?" Yeah, calm down. But it's so true. Like, I'm, if you go off and start making decisions without listening and just knee jerk reactions to things like this that are so mm-hmm. important. That's it. I mean, that's just set up for failure. Um, and not to mention, I'm not in the position in my career to make those make those choices. But, you know, Mitch, you you own the gym, you run the gym, you're the head coach, programmer, et cetera. Um, you know, you have guidance that's given that's shown to you by other people that maybe have done this before that are maybe stepping out ahead. And I think that's that's what I've learned is so important is that don't make a knee jerk reaction. Let other people make the mistakes Let other people set the blueprint mm-hmm. and then adjust accordingly for your population. Right. And like the first person through any wall when you're making a new decision always gets bloody. And like, Bez- <laughs> like I re- I really like the metaphor of like, I think Bezos was talking about it. It's like in baseball, the most you can ever score from swinging the bat is four runs. Mm-hmm. But in business, the most you can ever score is an infinite number of runs, right? So if you have the same percentage chance swinging the bat, mm-hmm. you swing it every time. Mm-hmm. But the problem with business and then with the responsibility of taking people's health and fitness and like the coaching relationship on is you only have so many at bats, mm-hmm. right? There's a, like, I have a limited pool. Bezos does not have a limited pool of funds, mm-hmm. right? He can get as bloody as he needs to because on the back end, he has access to unlimited at bats so he can swing as many times as he needs to to find the home run and for us like we're dealing with uh students essentially mm-hmm. like we are in education right? mm-hmm. physical education like literal like mm-hmm. the, the industry of education where the consequences are real and we don't have the research and development department in order to try that so listening for me is trying to absorb as much information as I can from kind of the decentralized command of small business ownership, micro gym ownership, and people who are trying to do things that are aligned with my vision for what I want to provide to people uh, in terms of both like the literal goods and services, but also the like community support and uh, the in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, non-quantifiable get from this because it's, such a unique situation, right? Going through the virus and quarantine and like not being able to high five people is a weird thing to try and build community around. Mm-hmm. Like we're, this place was built brick by brick, mm-hmm. high five by high five. Mm-hmm. It's really weird yeah. not to be able to high five people. And like, you know, my other coach and I are talking about where the squares are going to go to keep people <laughs> away from each other and how much tarp we need. To hang yeah. in the gym. And you know, what's, you know, what's interesting I'll talk about the gym portion with my, in my life right now. Um, and in quarantine is, um, you know, I, I love going to the gym. I've been doing it my whole, since I was like in eighth grade, I started working out and going to PE and in high school, hiding a weightlifting belt underneath my 
on underneath yeah. my uh, T-shirt. The belt of shame. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it well. And, uh, you know, it's been part of my life for so long. You know, coming back from it now, uh, coming back from this weird time, it, it hasn't been that hard for me, but for a lot of people, I bet it is. Um, and it hasn't been that hard for me because I actually – it was like the first weekend I was like, okay, whatever's going to happen with this. I don't want to just, you know, I, I don't want to just fall off, fall off the wagon. And you know, everything we've built for the last six years, everything right. that I've enjoyed about going to the gym, I want to keep that momentum going. So I have a pretty good home gym at home. Um, and even with the change of my schedule, I've actually had more opportunity to work out in May and June than I normally would in my, um, kind of that season of my education, um, Right. career because of the busyness that usually happens with all my evening events and stuff. And then just also balancing that with family life, friends life and everything else. Um, but what has been cool is that uh, Katie, my wife and I have been able to do so many home workouts with all of our equipment, pretty high level home workouts. We oh, yeah. Pretty much a full CrossFit gym at home. But what I was, what I wanted to say is that what, what I've been asked probably half a dozen times is awesome. Are you going to go back to the gym? Or you're just going to save your cash. And, and I, and like, without hesitation, it's anybody could get a set of plates. And we've right. been, I, I could have done that six years ago. But, you know, what you've said time and time again that you've heard about the gym here is that we might have rusty bars. We might have, you know, I don't know, some other just kind of mismatched things here and there. Don't make me listed. There's, <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's not a community like it. Um, I've been. I've had the opportunity in the last couple of years to be in a bunch of different CrossFit gyms and uh, strength and conditioning gyms and different types of gyms in the Chicagoland area and be around a lot of people. And there's some incredible ones right down the road and I love them, but um, you know, it's still, this is still home and this is still the community where it doesn't happen every day, but those days mm -hmm. when you're in here and you know, it's all of a sudden the, the PRs are flowing and right. you know, the, the music's turned up a little bit and you're chasing that, you're, you're chasing that lift. You're chasing that time. Mm -hmm. Um, we get into what we call game mode. I, I wouldn't train that. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I mean, thanks for saying that. I, I really appreciate it coming from coming from you. And I, I also like, I respect where everyone's coming from because there are a couple of different decision-making factors that are working their way into people's minds right now. Uh, one is safety. And like, I've gotten several emails over the like emails, phone calls, texts, like communications from people who are like, I don't feel comfortable coming back to the gym. And I totally respect where that's coming from. Like you have to make the best decision you can for your situation with the data that you have. And we're working with even, even now, like three months later, four months, what is it? Six months into coronavirus being a thing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. six months, we're still working off of like weird data that changes every day, mm -hmm. right? Is it on contact surfaces? Is it just through breathing? Is it uh, like carried in sweat drop? Like mm -hmm. we're working off of all these odd, right? Is it is it completely airborne? Are we already all infected? Like all of that stuff, yeah. like is it sci-fi or is it real? And we have to make decisions like day to day based on that, right? So like, you know, in a week from now, that little 30 second rant for mm -hmm. me is gonna sound crazy. Cause we're just going to have better information. Right. So I can't fault anyone for making any of the decisions that they have of like, yeah, I'm like, I need to pause my membership. I need to like stay home. Like we're trying to provide as much as we can for home, but I totally recognize if people don't feel like that's worth it because of that, like people were coming for the community and like as good as like, we got to have results as the primary thing, because like, if you're not getting anywhere, 
like then you know we're either like starting off of a weird premise where all i'm doing is like opening up a gym like a basketball court and letting you play pickup basketball mm-hmm. <laughs> where like there's no goal in sight which for some people i'm fine with but like as a like a philosophy like i got into this to help people and add years to their life mm-hmm. right so like if i can get you to exercise and be able to do a pull-up forever I'm going to add 10 functional years to your life that you're going to actually enjoy within the body that you have. So I can't fault anyone for the decisions that they're making and the why that we're going through right now. Um, And like, we want to find a way to get back to what it felt like Mm -hmm. to come back in and like throw down and keep the community the way it is. Yeah. And that, you know, we're kind of like, you know, quarantine is kind of at the forefront of our minds, Mm -hmm. but you know, this is, this goes to, this this could be applied to any situation. I mean, For sure. a big move, having a baby, um, a, a big family event, getting sick, getting injured. Yeah. You know, let's talk about the last you know couple days in the last hour. <laughs> like an hour ago, I thought I like my wrist just exploded underneath right. the clean, and it was a rough clean. It, it, it was, and um, you went for it all. And <laughs> you know, here I am holding the voodoo band that mm-hmm. I am. I also was asking you if I need to wipe it it's down yours. or not. It's I don't know. <laughs> you take that with you. Um, but coming back from an injury, uh, a broken bone, a strain or whatever, like dealing with injuries, but then also like you who mm-hmm. deal with sickness on a regular basis, on right. a yearly basis. And then it, we were just talking about like what this looked like a year ago for you right. and then where you are now and then what you're going to do going forward. And, and, you know, once again, the parallel to education here. I'm talking with my colleagues about like learning loss and these, these mm-hmm. terms are being thrown around and we need to worry about whatever we need to worry about. And then like my bosses come in and say, Hey, check it out. This has been done before. You know, look at these case studies of the kids after hurricane Katrina, they didn't lose. They just, you know, it, they're going to be fine. Our kids are going to be fine. They didn't lose their education. They're not going backwards. It's just going to be a different thing. And our kids mm-hmm. in 2020 are, are very, very malleable. They're very, they're, they're, they're resist. They're, um, they're resilient. Resilient right? is the word I'm looking for. And more than we know. And I think that people like adults can be like that too here in the gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you get a, if you're, if you get injured, I don't, I don't know of anybody that's in these types of gyms that we're at CrossFit or whatever right. it might be um, that gets injured and then just walks away. I, yeah. That's not a thing. Like this changes people's lives. And then they realize, Hey, I'm getting healthy. I'm adding years to my life. I looked, I think I told Katie the other day, I'm like, hey, I'm going to live to 110. You're going to live to 120. Right. Kelly Starrett told me that. I'm, I'm only 110 because I did a couple a couple years of poor movement quality and Shit. ate too many pizzas in, yeah. the, in my early 20s. Shout out to Ready State. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and this type of place will spit you out of it. Like, we curate our culture for people who don't share those beliefs, right? More so than just like, getting everybody results, there is a limit of belief that we have. And that like, if you hang out with us long enough, we'll change those beliefs for you where you get addicted to the game mm-hmm. of getting better mm-hmm. uh, because you, because you, it adds meaning to your life. Right? Oh, I mean, I mean, who, what, like late twenties, early, thir- when did I pick up? I'm 34. Mm-hmm. I picked up weightlifting when I was 29. Right. I mean, I'm 29. I'm a washed up athletes because i'm not competing in any way shape or uh-huh. form for money i'm not i'm not a i'm not a high school college athlete nothing like that i just like to be in the gym you know i pick up weightlifting and there's nothing more exciting right in the gym than hitting a pr on 
you know, a big lift. Oh yeah. And then hitting a PR on a, on a, on a benchmark workout. I mean, that gets the adrenaline going like nothing else. Right. And that's in my early thirties yeah. <laughs> In thirties, you know, I'm a, like yeah. I said, a washed up athlete. I'm not playing on Friday nights. I'm not on TV. <laughs> right. I'm not on ESPN. Right. Um, but those, those highs that you get from that are just so much fun. And it's, it, it could be 300 pounds. It could be, you know, 130 pounds. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, someone today just got a big clean and jerk PR and like, man, that was awesome. Shout out Ryan. Yeah. I, like our buddy, Ryan, he, 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 he had just had a, P, a clean and jerk PR. Right. Like that's like one of like the off Mount of, Rushmore's of lifts that you can possibly do off of a hamstring tweak. Exactly. Right? Two weeks ago, had a hamstring tweak, comes back. Uh, what's it at 90, 80, 90% yep. now you yep. described today. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and that, that brings me to something that um, I'm kind of like in the middle of in terms of uh, just thinking through the, the sides of the discussion, which is uh, what is an athlete, right? So you've got um, the Nike side of things, which is everyone's an athlete by our athlete gear, mm -hmm. right? And then you've got kind of the, the, the gr I call it the grumpy cohort in, uh, in fitness. Like for some reason, the longer you are in fitness, the grumpier you get. And like, if like when I say that, if people know the fitness personalities that are out there who are kind of thought leaders, you just know they're all grumpy and they just don't have time to like explain basic stuff or all they do is explain basic stuff because they've realized that like most people just aren't doing the basics. Um, but they get grumpy to the point where they disqualify people from that life. Like I had this conversation with, um, a, an orthopedic doc when I was in high school and I was running and I had shin splints, uh, and I was trying to do road work for the sport that I was competing in, that I was trying to be a world champion in. And he outfitted me with orthotics to like prop up my feet and make sure that I wouldn't get shin splints as bad. And he said something to me to the extent of, well, you don't have a scholarship writing on this. So I'm not super worried about it. And I, to, like I took like a full 10 seconds, which just felt feels like a really long time. And I asked him, what would you do if I did have a scholarship writing on this? Mm. And that, that question has just kind of like, not that I was so prescient for asking it. I was just kind of taken aback by how he wrote me off as you're not an athlete, mm -hmm. right? Your physical body is not as valuable as someone else's. And that that's kind of how I feel about like, I'm wearing a whoop strap, which is, percentage points, right? Mm -hmm. It's very small percentage points. Like I know if I didn't get enough sleep, mm -hmm. right. But I love putting the numbers on it and like, who's, who's going to gatekeep me from doing athlete things, right? So Nate mentioned sickness before, like I'm coming back off of the worst sickness that I've had in a decade. Mm -hmm. Absolute worst. Sickness. Like I've lost a ton of weight. Uh, my gut is torn to shreds. Um, I am not fit right mm -hmm. now compared to where I was sure. compared to the amount of strength and muscle, but I, like the game, mm -hmm. right? And the game is what we're playing. And that's kind of what we're coaching people. Like the people that come in, I'm going to give them everything mm -hmm. that they want to get. There are going to be trade-offs if we want to achieve those higher level of levels of performances, but those are in conversations, not in gatekeeping. And I think that applies to the education as well. Like you're making decisions based off of calculus, not statistics, right? What does one person need to do in order to be successful with their education? in their home, like based on the factors that are in their environment, not, Oh, these are the stats. They're screwed, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be terrible. So like no matter where you're working from, getting back up, resetting the goals, 
and then taking the neutral behaviors of what you have to do to get where you want to go. Like that's the game. That's what we're trying to do. You know, what's interesting on that is, you know, I work with seventh and eighth graders every day. I go to school and I got 607, mm -hmm. I guess 613 year olds running around. Right. Um, and you know, I think a true nightmare. <laughs> My heart rate just went up 20 beats. <laughs> your, your whoop is going nuts right no, now. No, thank you. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I see kids for two years and I think about some of the kids that I saw um, finish this year, my two years at the school on that. And there's a, there's like one in particular, just a massive, and I tell other teachers and other staff members, I'm like, this kid is, he's my most improved player. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this kid is, he, he came in just squirrely like a normal, a lot of seventh grade boys and you know, all over the place. And I was working with him by working with him. I mean, you know, I was the, I'm the assistant principal. So right. it often means <laughs> things like phone calls, lunch attentions, yeah. et cetera. Um, and I was working with him quite a bit. And then this year, I mean, the kid, he, I mean, he got nominated for like to do like the graduation speech from the teachers. Right. I mean, like the kid is incredible. And to see that kind of improvement for a kid that's in junior high. So I say that because junior high, right in the middle of your k-12 education right so that's kind of like me deciding or someone deciding to walk into strongbox to walk into mm -hmm. somewhere maybe after they've been quarantined to decide i'm gonna you know what i need a little bit of help i need a little bit of guidance here i'm gonna walk into this gym and walk into strongbox mm -hmm. and get it now i'm 34 i'm i was 29 when i was 28 when i walked in like i'm not looking at going anywhere i'm not looking at a scholarship i'm not looking at the olympics i'm right but Instead, it's mid-level, just like this kid. It's mid halfway through, you know, maybe like my athletic time, let's call it. And I'm looking to improve something when I walk in, and anybody is at this time. But that's like him. Like, you know, the kid, it's not like he was – I don't even know what he was like in elementary school. But, you know, I, I can only imagine from what I saw coming into junior high that, mm -hmm. you know, he was pretty squirrely and – um, kind of a knucklehead and he's going into high school just prepped and ready to go so like if someone can walk in check their ego right. not care that they're not going to be winning workouts not care that they're not going to lift the most and maybe they will maybe they yeah. won't but if they can do that now after quarantine after sickness after injury after whatever and improve on their life mm -hmm. i mean all you're doing is adding years yeah. All you're doing is, is, is adding quality of life. Yeah. I mean, I walked in here wearing knee braces and stuff right. because I just had years yeah. of poor movement pattern that I was just fighting. And now my knees are super strong, yeah. super healthy and have given me zero issues at all. Yeah. And I was like falling apart, you know, five mm -hmm. years ago. And I think there's something to be said about the, the opposing sides of like desire and humility, right? Cause for, for you, like, we're not, we're not looking at just life extension, right? We're not right. looking because that's a different protocol, right? Mm -hmm. Just life extension right. is extended fasting, mm -hmm. right? We've got like all the studies point to being kind of cold, weak, and uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but you'll add years to the life, mm -hmm. right? That's what kind of why I add the, be able to do a pull-up mm -hmm. um, clause to, you know, if I can get you to walk 30 minutes a day, I'll add 10 years mm -hmm. to your life. But if you're able to do a pull-up, like you'll, that you'll actually, yeah, yeah, you'll actually like enjoy yeah. those 10 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, but also we're like, both you and I have the same Teddy Roosevelt quote hanging somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> multiple places. Absolutely. Like, it's about choosing your arena. Right. Right. And picking what fights you want to go on. Like for us, we're, we're looking at mission, mm -hmm. right? Like 
what the mission is, what the achievement that we're looking for and choosing the trade-offs and the pain that we're willing to suffer in order to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. Like whether that comes from cutting out certain foods from your diet, right. If that's the biggest demon that you need to slay in order mm-hmm. to get there, but also like it's okay to want to be on a podium, right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to tell Like I, as a coach want to know what you want right. so I can get you there. Um, I'll try and pitch you things that I think might be fun, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to overrule you, right? Like I have, you have to want it. Otherwise you're not going to do the things that it takes to get there. Sure. So like we're looking forward to an Olympic weightlifting competition right. where we're pivoting and trying to use the um, training cycle that we just got out of, which was kind of a hybrid of, we have access to lighter weights. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do higher reps. Um, but we also kind of optimize the recovery factors and the, the schedule mm-hmm. around just like widening the base. Right. So now we've got a couple tools that we can work with for the arena that we're going into. Mm-hmm. So far be it for me to say, Oh, you want to make it to the what functional fitness games. Now you want to make it to the unaffiliated, <laughs> the yeah. unaffiliated yeah. rogue invitational yeah. and you want to do it in this age category, uh-huh. rock solid. I'm going to be honest with you about what that's going to take. If that's worth it to you, let's go for it. Right. Right? Like I'm not a dream killer, right? Right. I'm not a dream breaker. I want to make those dreams, but we have to have honest conversations about them. And I think that's where some of the grumpiness comes from, from people is they have people, they talk, they have conversations about people with disconnects. And so the, the example of the student that you're talking about, like, it sounds like not only did he realize what he wanted, out of his education mm-hmm. uh, and like had the humility to do that, but also then had the, like, so the desire of what he wanted out of his education and the humility to follow the lead of the like discipline and like put your head down and do the math type of stuff. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm talking about with like calculus, like figuring out what equations you need to do input into in order to get you where you want to go. That's, that's spot on. That's spot on with, with the student we were talking about, but then, you know, if you think about the kids, um, I'm sorry, if you think about the people um, coming into, we're just pretty much talking about, you know, young adults to middle-aged adults for the most part, um, you know. So like 50s. Like, like <laughs> you know, we're talking about like 20 to, 20 to 50. Titus. <laughs> yeah, Titus is the anomaly. He's mm-hmm. your dad and he looks like a, in, even more in shape than George Clooney. Right. I think um, I now look older than him. Gosh, it's the best. It's just the best. You know, if you look at them and uh, what one of the things that I, I can't speak enough about, and by the way, like the the purpose of doing this wasn't like to promote promote the gym, promote anything like that. But it says you. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing something six years later if I didn't want to do it. If I didn't love it, right? Six years. I haven't done it. I I told Katie the other day. I. I the only thing I've done for six years is be married to her. I've never like done anything <laughs> for six years before at yeah. all. And I, I love it. I still every day absolutely love it. You should get like, you should get like rings, like, <laughs> like, like shit, like sobriety chips, but for how long you've been five, five, like the five year pin, <laughs> right? One year, five year, 10 year pin. Um, you know, I can't speak enough to someone just finding this and joining it and not waiting. And gosh, I've talked to so many people that are like, I got to get in shape before I do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you're not going to do that if you have that mindset and you want to, and you get a 24 hour fitness membership. It's just not going to happen. That's why that they have the model for $10 a month because they make so much money off of people not doing it. Right. I mean, their model is everyone who, everyone who pays is paying a guilt tax. 
right? Sure. That's all that a $10, $20, $50, even I would say $100 a month membership mm-hmm. to a gym that is a large facility is a guilt tax, mm-hmm. right? The more you spend up to that price point is how much you're able to cheat mm-hmm. while still justifying that you're doing it because you own this, Yep. right? So that's my hot take on guilt tax in like Globo gyms. Sure. Anyone who's in that like middle range where you're doing an orange theory or a CrossFit or a personal trainer, you're going for results. Right. And that's kind of the like ideological breaking point or like line in the sand that we draw is like, you know, we're not farting around, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're farting around, you usually don't do as well here. And we're, we're okay with that. Or you'll fizzle out and you just won't be yep. interested. And then you'll look at the price point and you'll be like, you know what? I could Can't save my hundred, whatever. Yeah. To 200, whatever it is, I could save that and, and, and do whatever and be mediocre or like yeah. you couldn't inc- improve your quality of life now. Like yeah. if I, boy, if I was 34 years old, never walked in here, if I just saw myself, first of all, I would look a lot different. So I would feel a lot different if I, if I was even alive, if I was even alive. Right. And we're, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can say that too with confidence. If yes. I were even alive. yes. If I, yeah, if I, if I don't find fitness and specifically yeah. functional fitness and CrossFit, mm-hmm. um, I'm not doing what I'm doing. And I am living a much poorer quality of life. Yeah. Right? Like, it, like it has made me who I am in no small amount because of the time that I found it and everything. So like, I owe a lot to it. We're going to take a quick break because of reasons. And then we'll come back. And we're back. Thanks to that word from our sponsor, which is nobody or me, either one, <laughs> either one. This is the type of show that you're on. No sponsors, just straight up spitting facts, trying on ideas. So Nate, before we uh, cut out, thanks to the recording limit of the software that we're using, uh, we were talking about where we would be uh, if we weren't doing what we were doing and what we would be looking for next. So I think we can use that as a cool jumping off point on how people can structure their goal setting, their mindset, and kind of like how to construct um, their education and health and fitness moving forward. So like, what were you about to say with where you'd be or what you'd be looking for? I think it's easy. I, I think it's it's easy in that, you know, there's two pieces there that we're looking at. What are you going to do now that maybe you've been without a gym for three months? Maybe you've been injured. Maybe you've been sick. Maybe you've never walked in. Maybe you've never done anything like this. And you're like, boy, I need to get in shape because I want to live a long, healthy life. Whatever it might be. Like I would, I would get guidance. I would get coaching. I would get like Mitch, like Mitch, you know me, like, you know, me inside and out, you know, that I have, you know, I have the x-rays. I have, you have the x-rays. <laughs> I have basically no discs left in my lower back. I have rough wrists. I have, you know, whatever other things are hurting here and there. You also know that I have a stressful life a job and I have, you know, a lot of responsibility at home and therefore even though I do want to, I have a goal of, you know, a specific weightlifting meet, you know, that you can't, you can't structure five day week workouts, like, like normal people, normal weightlifters competing would, like you get that. So like having, and really opening yourself up as a, as a client, as um, a, you know, quote unquote athlete, whatever it might be as a potential client, as a Mm -hmm. potential, you know, person to be part of a community. I, I think that, you need to open yourself up to a coach. You need to open yourself up to someone that can guide you and you can't look at the price tag. It's health and fitness. Yeah. You can't, I can't put a price tag on that. And so I think that if you're coming back, if you're looking at maybe joining, you have to really, like I said, drop that ego, understand that if you're coming back to, to the gym, if you're coming back to Strongbox, whatever other gym you might be at, you know, 
you're you you might not have the same Fran time, the same Grace time, the same DT time, oh, uh, whatever it might be. You might. Maybe this was some good rest for you. Maybe you actually worked on mobilization. Maybe. Mm, maybe. I, you know, I mean, like, no, one, <laughs> no one else is here, but I think there's a cricket in the background. Oh, man. And I'll, I'll take some of that on myself as well from the lack of mobility content coming out. Again, another shout out to the Ready State, Kelly Starrett, king of king of mobility content but the Mitch, the <laughs> Mitch, it's 2020 there's no excuse for ignorance like there's <laughs> a simple a, a right. simple google search you know and, a, and you get 17 million videos of how to take care of your shoulder and that's a perfect jumping off point like that's a perfect summary of what i was going to say next which is like the the reason for a coach like as much as i'd like to be an arbiter of knowledge really i'm an arbiter of holding people accountable to what they say they want. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can help you make decisions because I'm less emotional about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I've seen the x-rays and I know what those mean. And those are just numbers in my mind. Instead mm -hmm. of to you, they're like, feel like I can't feel your back pain. Mm -hmm. I just know what that's going to do to your, like <laughs> going to do to you. So like we have conversations about trade-offs, lots of them. Right. Uh, but I can help be like less emotional about that. And so like the coach's value is holding you accountable to what you say you wanted to do and um, making, doing what we call outcome-based decision-making, mm -hmm. right? So we can work on one thing at a time, brick by brick to put the structure in place in order to make the trade-offs that you're willing to make, right? And find the ones that you're not. And I think that's one of the problems that we see in fitness is because it's so aesthetically driven mm -hmm. that, uh, and that's one of the things that I'm so grateful to CrossFit for, for all of its like flaws. We won't even get into where that is right now, but mm -hmm. like for all of its flaws, it quantified mm -hmm. right performance as, um, as what you can do. Mm -hmm. And so we started having numbers that were not based on pec inches, right? That we're yep. not, we're not based mm -hmm. on symmetry, uh, as proportion. Like, so we have benchmarks of what you're able to do and what your life feels like yep. for those things. So like, your coach will, and this is what my coach does for me, right? All the, co all the best coaches are going to have coaches. Absolutely. And so just listen to me slide myself into the category of best coaches. Um, <laughs> like all coaches are going to have coaches um, because there's always going to be someone who's a level above you or someone who's just less emotionally attached. Tiger Woods right, has like, a coach. Exactly. He's always had a coach. Right. Every, everybody, you know, there's shooting coaches in the NBA. I mean, everybody has coaches. Yeah, I'd put that more into the category of just because you're a great athlete doesn't mean that you know how to, like, develop. Um, sure. Right? Because, like, like, when you're a natural, you oftentimes don't know how you do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Just learning style is not like I like Tim Ferriss's question of who's good at this, who shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite question when it comes to developing, especially in the sport of CrossFit, because mm -hmm. it um like who's tall and good at CrossFit? <laughs> who who is <laughs> nobody who's too explosive <laughs> who's too explosive to be good at CrossFit? And how sure. did they get through that? Because they can usually articulate how they learned those attributes. Sure. Um, but like moving forward for a goal, what mm -hmm. I would what I would say on the longevity question kind of like loop back a couple, um, a couple commas back yeah, to where yeah. we were is setting a goal should be inspiring, mm -hmm. right? The vision of your future should be something that inspires you. And that's kind of where we land on your weightlifting question is this like, does being like the most longevity person inspire you? Mm -hmm. No, like you're good with 110 rather than 130. Mm -hmm. If it means that you're going to like eat some steaks, drink some red wine yep. and lift 300 pounds over your head. 
where it's like, that sounds like more fun yeah. <laughs> in those 20 years. Maybe we can bridge the gap and push it out as long as we can. But like, again, that's the trade-offs question. But the, that vision of being on the platform, hitting that feeling, stringing those that journey together mm-hmm. of all the Saturdays where mm-hmm. we do our uh, we do our max out days mm-hmm. together. That is a way more inspiring vision and journey than I'm going to go on you know 60 minute walks by myself with my dog. Mm-hmm. Like if that's you, rock on. Absolutely. Right? I'm not here to Absolutely. tell you what your inspiring vision is. Right. Uh, but what I will pitch kind of like my hard line in the, in the sand is your vision of your future should inspire you. You better find something. Something. I just said before that I've never done anything other than being married for six years. Right. Like that's because I, I, I wouldn't imagine mm-hmm. wanting to come in here every day right. six years ago that I would be wanting to do that in six years. But right. you know, for me it is signing up for a competition or a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a weightlifting meet or something every couple months and just trying not to get last place. Yep. Like I'm not, I'm not going out there and winning anything, but that's just what that's gets me going. Mm-hmm. What else, you know, what gets some of my friends going is just Saturdays meeting and throwing down with each other yeah. and just, you know, wanting to, you know, have fun like that. What gets other people going is the fact that they have, you know, they've seen results. They've seen, you know, some kind of quality improve and, that just compounds and we all know that that's how it started for me. Yeah. You know, in like three months I got to buy like my first decent suit that fit well. And like the fact that like literally the moment I put that on, I was like, well, I'm going to do this forever right. because this is like all I've wanted to do. And I wish I found this 10 years ago. Right. And you know, yeah. but you need to find something and it doesn't have to be any of that stuff. It doesn't have to be a weightlifting needed. You know, Mitch, you just came back from sickness and you, Oh, I'm not that. I'll throw it out there. You've lost 50 pounds. Like that makes me want to cry and <laughs> because I, I hate when people lose weight, but I'm no, not, anyway, I'm like, not going <laughs> to confirm nor deny how much I've cried, but like I, this, this brings me to the next point that I also wanted to talk about when we're talking about athletes and we're talking about goal setting, we're talking about the arena. We're also talking about absolute standards, right? So I've, talked about this before is like i actually found crossfit pretty darn early right mm-hmm. as a sport mm-hmm. that i love mm-hmm. that i had some skill and talent for um there were sports and like i'm not going to be armchair quarterback and say like i could have been a contender sure but i didn't have the chance to step in the arena because of my illnesses right 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 so the decade of my life when i would have been peaked in mm-hmm. terms of my athletic attributes Mm -hmm. my strength my speed my agility my acuity all of the things that i could have if i were to push all my chips in the middle of the table like fraser says and be like okay i've got a shot at doing this that decision is gone Mm -hmm. right like like you were saying like we're in our 30s Mm -hmm. we're not stepping into we're not going to step onto the floor of what is it aromas yeah like we're not going to go to the olympics right and win Right. So there is a question, and this is what I think some of the grumpy competitors will talk about is like, cool, I don't have time for the people who don't have a shot. And I think that's fair from their perspective because their life's work is the 1% and then getting the extra 5% out of those people. Sure. Right. Who both have the talent, have the athletic background, and have the opportunity from a time standpoint and from a uh, talent standpoint. So they're looking at that and hearing people who don't have the talent, don't have the opportunity, don't have the background, right? Like if someone comes from the couch at age 20 to try and do like functional fitness as a competitive sport, they're not going to make it, right? They don't have the muscle structure, right? They don't have the nervous system. They don't have the strength back. Like 
right. to a certain extent, you are your athletic background. Yep. Um, and there's a certain, like we choose to have the set of beliefs of if you work hard, you can accomplish a lot. But I also like am going into this knowing that there's an absolute standard and there's only one gold medal when it comes to this. Like I'm not going to win any Olympic weightlifting gold medal right. when it comes to a world or international stage. Right. Like just assuming everyone's on the same pharmaceutical playing field. Yep. <laughs> right? right. Like I'm not built for that. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, sorry, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't outwork some of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there is that type of trade-off decision-making of when you're in an arena, there's an objective standard that you have to meet or not meet. Mm -hmm. Right. And there is like having a good coach can't guarantee you that you stand on top of the podium, but it can maximize what you can do through that. And so looking at coming back and setting that goals and finding that inspiring vision and then coaching your students Right. Coaching, you you know, leading up and down the chain, leading vertically to the people who are uh, above and below you and then horizontally to your peers is I think that that's kind of like journey, not destination type of thinking. But it's also like who you're going to be at the end of your um, of your attempts in the arena Mm -hmm. is the real the real treasure. Right. Like, I don't think it's the journey or the destination. I think it's who you become in that process Um, and like the decision that you say you were able to make because of it. Yeah. And, and who you become in that mm-hmm. process is going to determine then the next arena that you step into. Mm, because, that's a good point. You know, for you immediately right now, it's coming back from sickness. Right. For me, it's having this goal of the specific weightlifting meet. And right. hopefully that takes place in two months, three right. months. Um, <laughs> it already got canceled and moved to another one. So Fingers we're just crossed. back at step one and that's fine. At and, some point we'll lift the weight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and whatever, but then, what happens after, you know, Labor Day weekend this year? Mm-hmm. Do I just go back to the couch? Do I quit everything? No. Yeah. Like what's my, I have to find my next, my, my, my next, you know, for me, because this is how I function. Mm-hmm. I need to have another thing to shoot for, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's CrossFit, whether it's a certain time on a, you know, on a, on a benchmark, whatever mm-hmm. it is, I need to find something to keep yeah. me interested. And that's what's kept me going for six years. That's helped me be the best, you know, right. husband, father person, man, leader, as I'm trying to be on a daily basis is having those goals and, you know, being able to try to improve on a constant basis, yeah. but I need to have a coach. I need to, I can't just do it in my garage. Cause that's how I am built. I got a, one yeah. of my best friends I've, for 30 some years, you know, right. Duffy's the one that got me into CrossFit and he's like, let's go to the CrossFit gym. And I said, no, it's stupid. Meanwhile, I was 315 pounds that's and serious. you know, that's not how you get in shape. And here we are six years later, Ta-da. but he was able to, you know, make a move to a home gym and be very successful at doing that and stay motivated. But I know right now that that's not for me. So I'm just looking at the, I'm looking at the, whatever, whatever's coming against me. I'm looking at whatever roadblocks I might hit. And I'm just trying to determine, you know, how do I minimize those? How do I attack them? How do I, you know, keep focus in life and then being able to improve in some way, shape or form for the next round, for the next step and for the next arena that we're stepping in the season that we're in, whatever it might be. And, um, I just think that honestly, like if, if so, even if you're 40 years old and you've never done any of this, like why not start then? All you're doing is adding years to your life. Why not find the most simple, the, you know, you're not going to walk in and then all of a sudden be wanting to be competitive and workouts and things like that. No, you might just want to learn how to squat below parallel. You might want to learn how Which, to, if you can't do that, 
You absolutely should. That's adding years to your mobile, that's adding years to your life. That's allowing you to be mobile later on in life. Is think what are the headlines? That stuff. Yeah, I think I wrote a headline once. It was like, "You'll never have to say help I fallen and I can't get up." <laughs> You'll never have to say it. Absolutely, and it's really not too late to start that at any time because we've seen it time and time again. You just have to make sure that you're realistic in what those goals are. Once again, I don't go into any kind of competition as a 34-year-old bald dad going in to win it necessarily because I'm realistic about that and the amount of time that I'm putting into something. But I am going into it to do the best I can. I have a goal in mind. I know what I want to do. And I also want to just keep myself motivated to be a fit person. So let me ask you this. Where do you fall on the continuum of keeping your goals to yourself and keeping quiet until you smash them? Or telling people about your goals so that you have added accountability or you can, I've been falling more into the category of call your shot, Mm. right? Because I think it's a, I think it's a bolder way to live on one hand where you say like, I'm going for this because it's like, they'll call you crazy until you do it. Uh Right. And I really kind of like that principle and that kind of lifestyle of philosophy. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me having failed so often Mm. um, to say, I'm going to hit this goal, right? Like, I did it just now uh, a couple days ago. Like my name is the only one up on our goal board because mm-hmm. we just turned into a new quarter and people haven't been in here mm-hmm. in the facility for a little while. It just happened. But my name is the only one on our Strongbox goal board of setting my front squat goal, mm-hmm. right? Which like that front squat goal does not take into account coming me coming back from health. Mm-hmm. The weight on the bar does not care. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to have to do what I can to mitigate the, or like just to take everything into account. I have to weigh those scales and make the trade-offs in order to get there. And like, I like me picking that goal means everything behind it as well, right? Like everything downstream from me picking that goal is baked into the small number that I write. (laughs) It's a small number Mm -hmm. that I write down on the board. So where do you fall on the continuum of like, tell people your goals, keep it to a small number of people, right? Only those who hold you accountable or keep them completely yourself, toil away in the darkness and like uh, work on it. I think that it's an individualized question. Right. Um, But if you're talking to a student, if you're talking to some teachers, if you're talking to people who have goals or thinking about setting goals and moving forward right now with their comfort level of going into a new facility or their comfort level of, you know, prioritizing convenience of workouts, right? Getting a set of dumbbells for their home and just training there, like kind of shifting everything to the back burner or being like, you know what? I need an arena. I want to be an athlete, right? Where would you fall in that continuum? Um, like for yourself for one. And then how would you coach that with your staff? Man, I, I could talk about that for a long time. That's like, (laughs) that's a whole nother podcast for me. Like I, We'll set it back up. Jamie, pull that up. (laughs) You know, I, I would fall on the, probably the other end of the spectrum than you. Mm. And that might be a surprise to, if anybody's still listening 47 minutes into this, um, to anybody that that knows me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) I wonder how I sound. I sound like a chipmunk. Yeah. 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 The, the jackedest, baldest chipmunk. I'm like the, well, I'm like the. The big dude that has the kind of high voice, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) that's a whole other podcast too. So I fall fall more on the internalized piece until someone brings it out of me. Mm. And I'm fine with that because I've been really good at internalizing and having a goal and then going and getting it. Because when I've seen success in small, small ways, I've not seen major success. I'm an 
absolutely jack of all trades, master of none. I'm not an expert <laughs> at anything in life. Honestly, I will tell you that right now. I'm not really that good at anything. I, I'm serious. If you really, if you really want to look at who's good at things, I'm not that good. But what I am good at is knowing what I want to do and then really digging in deep and going to get it. And which takes a variety of tools and skills. It does. Like, sure. Like, cause sure. the goals that you're setting are not, you know, I always, I always think it's funny when we look at things like Jiro dreams of sushi, like that, that documentary on mastery, okay. right? Like we have like the Michael Jordan documentary that just came out or mm-hmm. like, uh, the, the fittest on earth documentaries where it's just very myopic mm-hmm. single skill set, even, mm-hmm. you know, fittest on earth documentaries, like, all of the skill sets, but it's in one sport. Sure. Sure. Right? And we look at that and it's really easy to hold it up as an example of mastery. Yeah. Whereas, um, an eclectic tool set to accomplish a, a goal that is less quantifiable in terms of like the, you know, if we're looking at, you know, some a master of finance does hedge funds, makes a lot of money, right? right? Single skill set, a lot of disparate skills, but like, what you're talking about is assembling essentially like a jack of all trades toolkit to uh-huh. get to weird goals or not we- weird being just uh, non-linear in the sense that we are, cause it's an easier story to tell. That's essentially what I'm saying is like, we're holding up mastery as you're really good at dunking, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or you're really good at lifting, mm-hmm. right? Olympic weightlifting is probably the, the best example. It's mm-hmm. like two lifts. It's mm-hmm. all you do mm-hmm. your whole life. Like shout out Lasha. Like that's all you do. But we're assembling skill sets to be the person that we want to be, which is a different level of mastery because it requires different uh, skills in the tree, right? You have to have interpersonal communication, which is its own skill, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to write the book on interpersonal communication because you need to mix it with example leadership, right? Like taking care of your health. And if it's like, those are other skills in the tree Mm -hmm. to assemble Mm -hmm. and like, that's where you get coaches in those categories who are masters of it to help you build out that skill tree so you can skip the line. So like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you're not the best at anything. I would just say like, it's a different type of mastery. Well, well, that's why you have a coach right there, Mitch. That's why I have a coach for five years that really knows me because you kind of just explained everything about this like internal struggle I have, but you know, that's spot on, but you know, to answer the question, it's, it's for me, it's internalized. And then until someone calls it out of me, mm. that's what it is. And, mm. and generally that ends up being some of my best friends. Um, but one of the reasons it's internalized is because like, I don't, I feel like people don't really, people don't get me just like, I don't get like, everybody's so unique. You never know what someone's going through. You never know. Like what we just talked about, Mitch, you know, about my lower back issue. Mm-hmm. But if I just say, Hey, I have a sore lower back. Like my buddies might be like, okay like lift just lift anyway or whatever no but that's why i have to belt up at a 50 percent snatch because you know i i'm i'm compensating for this massive pain i'm in but and just for the record we do have the same belt size right <laughs> me losing 50 pounds does not mean that we can't like we're not sharing a belt right now due to corona but like your belt is tight my belt <laughs> I, and it's compensating for that but no one gets that. No one understands how debilitating that is right. within my goals. And it's, it's probably allotting for 
we say it all the time, like what I should be snatching, what I should right. be clean and jerking. Like it's probably allotting for about mm, 70 pounds on a snatch and a good, you know, 80 pounds on a clean and jerk that in reality I should be doing at my weight class at my level. If that were the mastery that we were going, if for. that were the mastery we were going for. But and like for my goals now, like I know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's in small increments, but at the same time I kind of internalize it because I've, I have found that nobody really can understand for the most part, the roadblocks that I'm running into on a daily basis. And I try to keep that in mind when I run into other people, I try to keep that in mind when I work with staff at my school, when I work with adults, when I work with kids, Holy cow, these poor kids, like, you know, it's so easy to say, just pay attention in class. And it's not about that. It's 2020. Like, that's not how we learn, but like, it's, it's so easy to say that, but like, at my level and the people that I work with in my department at the front office, like I have to do those home visits and I see what they're fighting against when they walk out of school or even to get to school. I'm the one that receives those phone calls that includes, you know, trauma uh, beyond what we can even fathom kids would be running into and how devastating it is for this poor 13 year old. But at the same time, a 34 year old, has similar things, maybe, you know, similar roadblocks, similar, you know, things that they're running into or the 50 year old that's in here that, you know, has a whole different set of roadblocks. And it's easy to say, just go do this, but you don't really get what they're fighting against on a daily basis. You know, I've had my share of blowups at, <laughs> at coaches and at, at friends and stuff in here because I've come in massively stressed and it's been like, Oh, come on, Nate, just go do this. And I'm, and I lose it. And, I think that's why I internalize my goals because then when I go get them, I love it. And also, you know, maybe if it starts to come out, I do have friends and I do have family and I do have people that will push me to that. And my wife's incredible at doing that. And she's the most supportive of that. You know, she knows that I'm not going to, I'm not saying, Hey, you know what I want to do? I want to make the Olympics. Right. And I'm going to n- neglect everything in my life and because it's not reasonable. But because it's your dream, man. Yeah. But she's su- so supportive of how this and we're on the same page and we're, we're firing at this on the same you know cylinders here of yeah. where like how we function and how we go about our lives. And then how I need to have these goals and how I need to accomplish them. And she gets that, you know. But nobody ever really, really, really gets the full scope of what it is. Right. And then all of a sudden somebody calls me out on it and then it's go time. So like I have a close set of friends <laughs> right. that will then all of a sudden call out and then I'll be like, fine, I'm going to go wreck you in this workout or I'm going to go do this. And you're not going to understand why. Like, for instance, a year or two years ago, about a year ago, there's a really, really hard workout. It's called it, it, it's got a name. It's called Kelsu. It's probably the hardest workout I've ever done. Yeah. I've done it. Tw- I've done it once as a team, and then twice as, or once as an individual. And so, what happened was we were getting into this going back and forth conversation, and then I said, I don't know, it came up somehow. And then our one buddy Tyler, he goes, "Well, just go do calcium." Well, I didn't say anything, and then I just went and did it at Open Gym like two days later, and I just sent him a video. I said, "Here, I did it," and, and that was like I'd always actually had the goal of doing yeah. that individually, but it gave me an excuse to do it. It gave me an excuse to really look back and be proud of something, but then also almost like a thank you of someone calling me out on that goal and then pushing me to do it. Um, And that's, I I have, I have a lot of fun doing that. Um, I have a lot of fun in that arena and because that's, it's attainable for us here in this aspect of life. It's not going to the Olympics. It's not doing something like that, which 
God bless the people that are at that level, but I'm not there. For sure. um, and so it's that's that's what keeps me going with my internal goals. And if I got injured, it'd be the same way. If I had to come back from something like today, I thought my wrist was about to explode on that clean that I that I jammed. In truth, it was. It, it was. It could have been very ugly. So and you know, if that was the case, great. Well, guess what? I'm not going to do. I'm not going to cancel my membership. I'm not going to throw away all the weights that I just bought from Rogue. And I'm going to like close up the garage, close up the everything, and just sit on my couch and eat potato chips. Now you could flip those. You know, plates. I, I could sell some art for a lot. Right it's now. true. But I'm not going to do all of that. What I am going to do is then be like, okay, this is the situation. Great. Now that I can't do these things, maybe my shoulder is going to heal up mm-hmm. and I could get stronger in my squats. And I'm going to work on doing that. And then I'm going to figure that out. And then I'm going to you know, have that goal and then go attain it and go get it. Yeah. And if I get called out from my buddies on the way, then I'll just probably attain it and then rub it in their face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that I, I feel like that's the, that's the kind of coaching environment that people – should try to look to construct is the proper ratio of challenge and encourage. Mm-hmm. Right. So cha- absolutely. So challenge being peer to peer and also like top down, right. Mm-hmm. So a coach being like, I know you can do this. My other way of thinking about coaching is it's outsourcing confidence. Mm-hmm. So you basically like, like I tell my coach what I want to do and he tells me like, if he thinks it's possible, mm-hmm. um, cause he's less emotional <laughs> about mm-hmm. what is sure. possible and he'll, he won't give me a roadmap or like, he won't give me food I can't chew, right? In yes. terms of what yes. my what my recipe is, right? He'll write the recipe that I can actually adapt to. Yeah. But then he will also encourage me, like, you can do this. You can mm-hmm. get there. And people will adapt to different levels of all of that. And I try in my coaching practice to find that level for each person, right? You hear so many, like, horror stories or, like, just kind of, like, fizzle out weak stories of someone who got the ratio, the concoction wrong. So, you know you'll hear those great stories of the, you know, the hard ass coach mm-hmm. who pushes people to be their absolute best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you'll find the people who they really hurt and break and mm-hmm. like make fall out of love with sport in general, not just the sport, but like fall out of love with their bodies or mm-hmm. their physicality. And that's a true tragedy. So yeah. I mean, any, like any thoughts wrapping up in terms of like, I know you're not going to call your shot, Right. Cause we just finished <laughs> talking about yeah. uh, the goal setting and yeah. the, like standing on the podium, but like any closing thoughts on uh, moving forward now, what would you leave people with as an athlete of the year? <laughs> like as form, former athlete of the year, you're not the current. Uh, no, the no. Um, I'm the washed up one. <laughs> the washed up. I mean, all CrossFitters are washed up in some sense. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> so what would you leave people with um, in terms of moving forward in this time and all other hard times, if we're looking at like posterity, <laughs> this I, for posterity as well. Find find what keeps you going and be disciplined about it. Find what keeps you going and, and the goal that you need to make, and then make a roadmap, make the path, and then follow it. And when you veer off of it, get back on it. And then find people that could help you get back on it. Find literature that you could read that'll get you motivated, however goofy it might be or trendy it might be, whatever it is that gets you going. Find it internalize it and find a community that builds you up. Like I have like the the best family, the best friends, the best coach, the best everybody that I need for me right now as a 34 year old bald dad. (laughs) Incredible. All right, Nate, thanks so much for being here. This has been a true treasure and a blast Uh, from, uh, from (laughs) Paw street in Glen Ellen, Illinois. This has been village fitness podcast.